1045 the zone of Brent Doherty, Ron Slay, Don Davenport has a day off. He is in the building. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. Hey, I'm in the building. 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 You know who else is in the building? Coach Mack. We need to talk about Titans, Bengals, playoff football coming up on Saturday at 3.30. You can catch Coach Mack, Mike Keith, and the Titans radio crew right here on 104.5. So, Coach Mack, what's up? How are you? Hey, Brent, Ron. Yeah, I mean, uh, really busy this week, just like you guys are. Uh, uh, thanks for moving my time. Uh, Amy Wells and I just got through with Jarrell Casey yes. on Titans Amy Coach Mack podcast, which will be uh, broadcast. Uh, it'll be put out uh, Friday of this week. Uh, Jarrell's going to be our 12th Titan. Great, great interview. Really great talking to him and then several other things going on. But now we're going on here. Let's go. I love it. Jarrell Casey, the 12th Titan. For those that don't know, that, that will be awesome. Um, let, let's start with this, Coach Mack. You, you've been in it a long time. Head coach, defense coordinator, linebackers coach, all of those things. How much more ramped up is playoff football as opposed to regular season football? But it's different. I mean, it's just you're just breathing a different air. You really are. You know, when you first come into this league, you know, they tell you, you know, practice is, is, is pretty intense during training camp. Get ready for your first preseason game. And then once the regular season starts, whenever your roster's cut down, they say regular season's different. But you get to the postseason, it even, it, 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 it's, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when you go out on the field and there's bunting on the field, and, and it, it's playoff time. Uh, you know it. You sense it. You, 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 everybody feels it. Not only the players and the coaches. Everybody in the building feels it. I mean, you can feel it through your television when you're watching it. it and, and because the National Football League is, is so unique. It's one and done. And that's what makes it so, so exciting. You know, we were talking with uh, Roger Saffold yesterday, and, and he's always honest. I always love our Tuesday visits with him. But uh, I, asked him, I asked him the question. As a veteran player, how do you, how do you communicate that message to younger players? And and he sat back and thought for a second. He said, "You know what? I'm still trying to figure out what I need to say because you don't want to overdo it necessarily uh, with younger players that haven't experienced this. You want to just have them let it rip," is what he said. So I, I thought that was interesting from a veteran standpoint, uh, veteran player standpoint. Like, how do you approach the younger players to kind of communicate that message that it that you are breathing different air, as you said. Well, the first thing is important is, is your preparation. I mean, that's the thing. And yeah. you've got to do with what you've done all season, getting prepared, because that's what you have to do. And it's kind of like, I mean, if any, anybody of our listeners or if you guys ever ran competitive track, understand, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to get under control before you take off or your adrenaline saps a lot of energy before that gun goes off. And so, you know, I mean, you, you don't really have to talk about it a lot. I mean, the competitor in everybody reacts different ways, but it's definitely different because, I mean, it, it's special, but that's why you work to get to these special times. And so really when you've got a professional athlete, I mean, your younger players now are really not young anymore because, I mean, they've been through a regular season, and especially this season, guys, with 91 guys, all the adjustments this team has had to make and every everything that this team has had to do to ramp up every week with different personnel, I think they'll handle it just fine. Coach Mike, let me ask you this real quick. Um, yeah. You got the, we, we, you know, we, we go through the teams that we're going to play, and I always ask you about the quarterback, what you got to do to get them off the spot. You've been spot on, man, leading all the way up to these games. What do you expect from guys like Big Jeff and Danico and those guys to do up front? Are they getting to Joe Burrow, getting them off his spot, make them move? What's, what's the ideal for these big guys in the trenches? 
Well, the thing we're going to have to do against them, if they go empty, which they do quite a bit with Zach Taylor's offense and this quarterback, you're going to have to get push on the cylinder. You're going to have to match hands. You're going to have to be able to match hand pretty quick because they get rid of the ball very, very quickly. And if they're doing that, you've got to be able to crush the cylinder, which is right in the quarterback's face, that center guard triangle, and then match hands so that he has to throw over, you know, over the top mm-hmm. of you. That's going to be important. The last time these two teams have played, and Mike Vrabel was right. I watched the game, and it makes you want to puke when you're watching it from the Titans <laughs> aspect of it. They let him, they let him escape too many times to his throwing hand. You can't do that, but that's going to be, that's going to entail all four of them. If they're four man rushing him as those guys on the edge, they can't just come screaming around it. They've got to be able to get to the level. And then they've got to be able to motorcycle, turn that corner and plant their, their inside foot and come back inside. But the, but the thing that you have to do inside with, with the four man rush and, and they're going to, they'll run some games on him. Mm-hmm. They have to, but you've got to be able to, when you talk about matching hands, that's big for people that are getting it out really quick. Man, it, it, nothing excites me more when those guys get on those bicycles, boy, and come off that edge and get real low, boy, them shoulders almost scraping the ground coming around now. But Coach Mack, is this a situation with Joe Burrow? I don't know about the athleticism because I haven't watched him that much when he has to escape, but similar to like what Zach Wilson did with, with the Jets when they kept letting him expl- um, escape to his strong hand going to the right? Yeah, Joe Burrow's a good athlete. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the one thing. I mean, that's why. I mean, you've got to – he's an exceptional quarterback because of his athleticism. I mean, this guy, you know, can not only stand back there. He's close to six four. He can spin it, but he can also run. I mean, he can run and move. This is a special talent, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a special talent for a long time. So, absolutely, this is a mobile quarterback. This is a mobile quarterback that's got enough arm to hit every area of the field, but you cannot let him escape and buy time because then when he's buying time, he's got some receivers downfield that have got some size to them, and all of a sudden now you're in a combat catch uh, situation with big receivers down the field with extended time. That's not what you want. Coach Mack presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage under an affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. We appreciate the uh, the mugs that they offered up to us and the long sleeve T-shirts. Very, very cool. Um, coach, uh, obviously, there um, are some players that know each other pretty well uh, in this matchup. Is there a competitive advantage for one side or the other as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase went against Christian Fulton during practices at LSU? Not really. I mean, they're, they're not really. We're all on a different level now, right? I mean, there, there's. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be two total teams going at one another. It's not just about you know uh, Jamar Chase and, and Christian Fulton and, and, and Joe Burrow. It's about the entire group. And so, not really. It, it's a unique. It, it's a unique story. I mean, it's an interesting story. I mean, uh, what, what's Vrabel say? Let's let's concentrate on what's important, not what's interesting. It's an interesting <laughs> story, but that that's not going to be the determining factor. No. I like interesting stories, though, Coach. Well, no, I'm not understand that's your business. And so I, my, business, my business is to bring it back to ball a little bit. I love interesting stories, too. I mean, I'm the guy that's fought over rooster and, and, and goat, goat rope. And goat so rope, it's yeah. Not that I, it's not that I'm beyond that. Well, Cincinnati's defense, uh, obviously dealing with yeah. a lot of injuries. Uh, Hendrickson, it looked like, was a full go today. Uh, so that that is a benefit for them, 14 sacks, 27 quarterback hits. Um, when, when Cincinnati is looking at this Titans offense, um, my guess is they're going to prepare a certain way. It really doesn't matter if Derrick Henry is is in there or not, even though we all know it does. But in terms of preparation, the Titans aren't going to change a whole lot, right? No, you're you're a hundred percent right there, Brent. And and this this defense, 
this defense has done a great job all year of playing to their offense. Their offense is an explosive, explosive offense. But let's talk about their defense. Yes. First of all, Henderson, Henderson is playing. Okay, but they've done a nice job with their four-man rush, too. Sam Hubbard, number 94 on the other side. The guy that's a game wrecker is D.J. Reader. You know, up in uh, up inside, and 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 to me, they've done a nice job with with they playing as I said earlier, playing to their offense, and and they don't get they don't get too exotic. They don't bring a lot of extra pressure at times because most of the time in their ball games, the score's been separated because they can put up points, you know, on offense. But then, you know, they're able to rush with four. But the the, the two people on the edge. Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson, and again, as I said, DJ Reader in the middle. This guy is a is a guy that can cause you real center guard triangle issues. On the backside of that defense, you threw yeah. out this this stat that the the Titans um, ha- have seen a, have had 120 snaps right with, with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and Julio Jones out of more than 1,300 offensive snaps. Yeah, you could argue that that this is kind of a different team than anybody really has seen coming up uh, on Saturday. Well, it will be and, and uh, you know, 120 120 snaps, you know, out of over, you know, out of over 1100 or 1200 or how many hundred ever it is. 1333. Yeah, it's a real minuscule part, okay? And so yes, and this was this is the offensive group that we all envisioned when the season started. And so but the but the the you know, the individuals are together, but but the the concept of the offense is not going to change because it didn't change when we lost King Henry, right? I mean, they still stayed true to their DNA. They're still going to be true to what their DNA is. They'll have some wrinkles for this game, guys. Believe that because you always do in in the, in the playoffs. But uh, you're right, and and again, you're not going to see drastic moves, you know, by what Cincinnati's going to do defensively either, because both of these teams have been very successful doing what they do to get to this point. Got a big pep rally coming up on Friday, the game coming up on Saturday. It's going to be a fun rest of the week uh, as we prepare for just the sixth home playoff game in Titans history in Middle Tennessee. Uh, look forward to it, Coach. Thank you for the visit. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh, I mean, we're, yes. We are having so much fun right now. You asked me about the, you know, about those younger players' excitement. I mean, I can tell just talking to you guys and all the shows that I've done across the country, everybody's pretty excited about this one because how can you not be? Mm-hmm. How can you not be? Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. See you guys. All right, all right. Coach. There he is, Coach Mack. The Mack, baby. All right, we gonna try this again with Austin Huff. Yeah, we, he, he wants to get Nashville hype, even more hype than we already are. It's time to get it. All right, we're gonna try it with Austin Huff next. Three HL one zero four five the zone. Three HL one zero four five. This is Todd Furman coming up at the bottom of the hour, but it's four twenty two. No time it is. Two and two makes four, and then twenty two. I mean, that just is twenty two. Twenty two twos. Might as well talk about Derrick Henry and the Titans. I mean, Austin Huff, CorkBats dot com, ready to try it again. Austin, what's up? Yeah, let's try this again. Sorry, guys, I don't know what happened. I guess I, you know, I guess I ran out of hours on my AOL free seventy five hour CD <laughs> that I picked up at CompUSA. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say this. I went back and, and watched it and I was like, what the heck happened with my connection? I went back and watched on, on your YouTube channel. And, uh, I want to say shout out to the guy in the chat who said that I used that rope 
phone cup Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> and and to the guy who said my internet connection is corked. Uh, very Ramon. well done. Ramon said that. Yeah. Very Thanks. well done to the chat right there. That is uh All right. sorry, I'll I'll have to tell my wife to pedal faster on our generator. <laughs> well, here's hey, the thing. While we've got I good connection. Along with the three HL guys, pedal faster. <laughs> You should ask mom for meatloaf while you're uh, at it. Mom! Mom! What is she doing back there? Yeah, what is she doing back there? <laughs> so crazy. While we've got you good, I think I would just let it rip, Austin. <laughs> all right, look, today is all about Saturday, okay? We all know Taylor Lewan and company refer to themselves as the boys, which I guess will only prove the old saying true. Mm -hmm. Saturday is for the boys, and it's not for some NFL team with the same name as an 80s band made up of all girls. Mm. So Cincinnati this week, before you go walk like an Egyptian home, you should put your money on the eternal flame. So at least you have one win come Manic Monday, all right? But for real, we've had a lot of confidence coming out of the Queen City this week. My question is why? Before Saturday, the greatest moment in Cincinnati sports over the last three decades was a home run by a Kansas City Royal because I pride myself and think of myself as a man of faith as here's a drive into deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. And so that'll make it a four nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset on again. Shout out Tom <laughs> Brenneman, by the way. Hey, but like, seriously, how are they so confident? The Bengals have been good at football for what? like five days, They've pride, their pride and joy quarterback, Joe Cool, has the same nickname as Snoopy. This team has won literally one playoff game in 30 years, and now all of a sudden they think they're the greatest dynasty in football? It goes the Steelers from 72 to 79, the Patriots from 2001 to 2018, and the Bengals from last week to this week. Let's remind them of something they know better than us but have clearly forgotten about since last Saturday. Winning playoff games is hard, very hard, especially when those games are played in Nashville, Tennessee. And when I say let's remind them, I mean let's, as in let us, as in the collective <laughs> us. Because while we may not be able to run the rock like the king or catch the ball like AJ or rip dudes' heads off like Zach Cunningham, mm -hmm. we can still do our part by being the loudest venue since Starwood. Rest in peace to the goat. Oh, man. Moment, <laughs> moment of silence. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Legit moment of silence for Starwood. I didn't anticipate that coming today. Look, you got to pay your respects where I, respects are due. I'm with you. Okay? And speaking of RIP, everyone in Nashville needs to be waking up on Sunday like they RIP'd their own vocal cords out. <laughs> I want them sounding like Ariel and the Little Mermaid while she was being courted by Prince Eric. Unless you're a pastor, you don't need your voice on Sunday. So lose it on Saturday. Now, younger Titans fans might not believe this, but there was a time when that stadium down by the Cumberland River was widely considered the loudest stadium in the NFL. Louder than Arrowhead, louder than Seattle, louder than one of A.J. Brown's outfits walking into a game. If you don't believe me, look it up, okay? Sports Illustrated, the sporting news, you name it. They all gave Adelphia Coliseum the, the props for being the loudest joint in the league. Hell, even the Buffalo News wrote an article on January 7th, 2000. The lead of that article, you can go deaf 
in the Delph. <laughs> I love. Shout out to that. The late great Dan Reeves once told Wade Phillips, it's one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Raiders wide receiver Tim Brown once said, we've been to a lot of stadiums this year and none was more difficult than this. This had to be the loudest place we've played in. That's from a guy who played two games a year at Arrowhead and the Old Mile High. In fact, let me take you back. The year was 1999. The greatest show on turf came to town on Halloween. Before Kurt Warner was being played in movies by Shazam, he and his crew were getting hit with false start penalties in Nashville. That's penalties, plural. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six. Six false starts in a single game. Why? Because they couldn't hear the damn snap count. And it was like that for the entire season, a season which the Titans went 9-0 and at home, a season that started with a game against Cincinnati. That's right. In the first ever game in that stadium, the Titans handed Cincinnati a loss. The stadium opened by putting the L in Bengal. And on Saturday, let's do it again. Let's make Nissan Stadium, or as I like to call it, Nissan Coliseum, the loudest <laughs> joint in the NFL again. Because if there's one thing the Music City should be good at, it's bringing the noise. It's turning it up to 11. It's waking up the next morning with your ears ringing. Hopefully, like hopefully Joe Burrow's head too. And speaking of Snoopy, let's make Joe Burrow want to do just that. Burrow. And if he needs help being nestled into the ground, I'm sure big Jeff Simmons and his friends would be more than happy to help. Now, Titans fans love to complain that no one ever talks about us. Well, let's show them something where they have no other choice but to talk about us. Hell, let's give them something to where they have to yell about us because they can't hear themselves talk. Look, the Titans are fortunate. They represent a state that's home to the grindhouse out west, the loudest barn in the NHL right off lower broad, and of course, Rocky Top, Tennessee, out east. Three of the loudest joints on God's green earth. Three places that no one wants to play. On Saturday, let's add a fourth back onto that list. But hell, if you're not going to be part of the 69,420 people in attendance on Saturday, be loud at the wash party on Lower Broad. Be loud at your local watering hole. Hell, be loud wherever you are, because I know for sure as hell I'm going to be loud in, the, in Chicago, all right? I know Nashville has become a cool city, the it city, and it may not be cool to get loud, but screw that. If you're going to the game on Saturday, you, not be, you better not be going for Instagram clout. You better be going to scream and shout, okay? Titans fans, it's been a long road to get here. And speaking of roads, the road to the Super Bowl comes through Nashville. So let's make a tougher road than the old 440, all right? And it will be cold, a low of 22, I might add. So let's bring the Robert Frost and make this road the road less traveled. Nashville is known for their parties. And parties are known for being loud. So Nashville, on Saturday, January 22nd, in the year of our Lord, 2022, at 3.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, be loud, be proud, and tighten the hell up. There he is. Also, CorkBats.com. Check him out there. CorkBats2 on Instagram. That's where you can see the video that Derek Henry sent them a message saying was pure fire. There it is. At Austin Huff at Cork Pats. Todd Furman, our guy in oh, Vegas, jumps money, on money, money, now. Money. And Todd, we may as well start with that Titan matchup. Money. 
opened at three, out to three and a half. Uh, do you not have value now if you if you want the Titans at this point? Yeah, it's a little bit of a different dynamic here. We know how important three is in your handicapping equation as far as the likelihood the game could fall on a field goal. I know recent history as far as the NFL playoffs suggests that you just pick the winner and you're going to cover the number. The last 30 games, the team that's won the game outright has covered in 27 of those 30. But that's not, of course, a thought process that I'll ever adhere to or advocate for because the number is the ultimate equalizer. But for Titans fans that are inevitably going to look for a way to invest, rather than laying the three and a half, maybe a dabble slightly smaller on the money line if that's the angle you want to take. And I can tell you that it's been professional money that's come in on Tennessee. You will see an appetite for Cincinnati once Trey Hendrickson potentially gets upgraded and we get a better idea of exactly what this Bengals defensive line will look like. But I think of all the opponents remaining in the AFC, I'm not exactly going out on a limb here, ladies and gents. Cincinnati is the team that the Titans wanted to see. They match up extremely well, and if Mike Vrabel can't come up with a game plan to at least slow down the effectiveness of Jamar Chase in two weeks, then clearly he shouldn't be included in the Coach of the Year discussions. What do you think about the total in that game? Uh, I think it's correlated to the side you like. If you're enamored with Tennessee and you believe they'll be able to dictate pace and tempo would lean under the total, uh, I think if you're more inclined to back the Bengals, you're going over. But I can also see it being you know, a little bit counterintuitive that Tennessee could come out with a game plan using a passing attack off of play action to set up the run. The one thing that's got to be very optimistic for Titans fans, aside from Derrick Henry, which we know is the big story, if you go back and watch the game tape for how Tennessee played against Houston in the regular season finale, that's arguably the most dynamic and explosive we've seen Julio Jones look dealing with the hamstring. If he can be the guy the Titans fans anticipated him going to be when they made the trade this offseason, it loosens up the coverage on A.J. Brown and it makes his team that much more explosive because no knock on Akina Westbrook or Anthony Ferkser, I don't think those are the guys you want to lean on if you're going to make a run to win the Lombardi. Let's go to the other side of the AFC. Buffalo at Kansas City. A lot of national people think that's the AFC championship game right there. Uh, Kansas City, where are we now? Two? Yeah, it's hovering anywhere from one and a half uh, upwards of two and a half. And I kind of joke uh, that, hey, look, the JV plays on Saturday in the AFC and the varsity game will go Sunday afternoon. (laughs) That's not to discount whoever comes out of that Titans-Bengals matchup having a legitimate shot. More so the Titans to get out of the AFC than the Bengals. When you look at Buffalo and Kansas City, we know these teams played earlier this year, a game that Buffalo dominated 38-20. Josh Allen was able to do what he wanted, when he wanted, in one of the more unique setups, given that we had a massive weather delay in the middle. But this is a Buffalo offense that's really found its footing in recent weeks. And while people can say, well, the Patriots were just a shell of themselves, when you go out and you put together seven touchdowns on seven drives and you don't have to punt or kick a field goal, and the only two negative plays you take are on quarterback kneel downs, that tells you that the offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, was fully in his bag of tricks. And we'll see if some of that momentum can carry forward in this spot. The one thing we've grown accustomed to for Kansas City in these playoff games, they typically don't play their best football early, and if they find themselves getting off to a slow start, this is the kind of Bills team that has enough firepower to create some of that separation. So for me, I wanted three here to back Buffalo. I would lean towards the Bills at one and a half, two, but I just don't see a whole lot of wiggle room as far as line value is concerned. Could make a slight case for going over the total, as I think both of these offenses will have some success. So from a Titan perspective, looking ahead, if they beat Cincinnati – Point spread-wise, what are they looking at hosting Buffalo or hosting Kansas City? It'll be a very similar number, and you know, I, I think you're going to see it in that three-and-a-half, four range, most likely for both of those teams. But this time of year when you're talking about what numbers are going to be in the subsequent week, 
public perception will play such a role. And if uh-huh. the Titans were to go out there and beat the Bengals by four touchdowns and you see Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, Kansas City and Buffalo struggle with one another in a game decided by a field goal, that number would come down where the converse is true as well. If Buffalo beats Kansas City by three touchdowns and Tennessee sneaks by the Cincinnati Bengals, you could see a bigger number uh, because the public is typically, especially this time of year, going to gravitate towards what they saw last. And recency bias plays a major role in a lot of their decision-making process. So either way, Buffalo or Kansas City, the winner of that game will be the favorite Mm -hmm. no matter what happens in that that Tennessee season. Exactly. Barring some injury to a marquee player, uh, there won't be a scenario that I can foresee where Tennessee could be a home favorite against one of those two teams. And if it's, Cincinnati, if it's Kansas City or Buffalo taking on Cincinnati at home, you'd be looking at a massive number, uh, especially with the Chiefs that I have revenge from just a few weeks ago. Todd, t- touch on the NFC action that we got going on. I-, I heard you talk about the JV and the varsity game. Uh, let- let's, t- let's, t- let's touch on the NFC matchups. Yeah, and I think both these <laughs> NFC matchups are going to be fascinating for a variety of reasons. So we can start with the Saturday night game in Frozen Lambeau Field, mm, yep. where we know how good Aaron Rodgers is playing in that kind of weather. When you dig into some of the numbers, guys, they're rather staggering. I mean, Aaron Rodgers in his career at home in freezing temperatures, 24-6 and six straight up, 29-1 and one against the spread, but more impressively, 67 touchdown passes to only 10 interceptions. And Green Bay, since Matt LaFleur has taken over, 24-3 and three straight up at home, 19-8 and eight against the spread, and they're outscoring their opponents by 10 points per game. The big storyline here is about Jimmy Garoppolo's strained shoulder. I know the reports from Ian Rapport say it's worse than the 49ers are letting on. And that's part of the reason you've seen this price. It opened as low as 4.5 at FanDuel, leak out to 6. If reports aren't more promising, this number is going to continue to climb. So for folks that like Green Bay, my suggestion is to bet them early. If you like the 49ers, wait this out, because I can't see there being a lot of 49er money coming until we have a better idea of what Jimmy can do. The problem being for Jimmy Garoppolo and company, he's never started an NFL game where the game t- where the kickoff temperature was below 40, so this will be <laughs> uncharted territory, and it'll be imperative that they can establish Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel on the ground, that you have a healthy Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. Uh, but in my opinion, this 49ers team, I said coming in, was one of the more dangerous outs. Uh, I really believe that second half from the Rams jump-started what could be a Cinderella-type run, uh, maybe even getting them as far as Los Angeles. Under 40, high of 22 uh, yeah. coming up, and, and obviously that's a night game, as you said, low of three, 52% chance of light snow, winds northwest 10 to 15 in that matchup, and then uh, Slay, the the other matchup, Rams yeah, and Yeah, Rams and Buccaneers, rematch, yep. uh, but different on different ground this time. Uh, No doubt about it, Slay, and I think if you're trying to wait your decision on this particular matchup, given what we saw way back in week three, uh, folks are doing themselves a huge handicapping disservice. Uh, You look at this Rams team, and Matthew Stafford was good and ultra-efficient last week in the win against the Cardinals. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot, only had to throw the ball 17 times. It's actually the fewest passing attempts that Stafford has had in an NFL game that he started and finished where his team went on to win. So it speaks to how well the Rams played defensively. Arizona wasn't able to convert a third down. Tom Brady, a heck of a lot different beast than going up against Kyler Murray in your own building. But the one thing for this Rams offense is so much of their success is predicated on play action and being able to establish the run. The Bucs are great in that department, but the Bucs are going to have to find a way to get natural pressure because Stafford has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league in terms of facing the blitz. He struggled, though, when he's pressured. So we'll see what the Bucs can scheme up from Shaq Barrett, Levante David and company on that defensive side. 
Meanwhile, for the Rams defensively, it's going to be interesting because Jalen Ramsey should match up most likely with Mike Evans. You figure those two cancel one another out. And how do the Rams go about handling some of their key absences as far as their secondary is concerned? Because if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think you use a lot of three tight end sets. You try and use heavy packages, and you force linebackers and safety to cover the likes of O.J. Howard, Cameron Brayton, Rob Gronkowski, especially if Leonard Fournette isn't able to go uh, and provide that balanced attack, something that was lacking, relatively speaking, last week against the Eagles. Todd, so, real quick, let me circle back around. Honk, um, did you did you want to ask if the Titans, if the Titans and, you know, the Bengals get to playing and um, things start to go haywire for the Bengals and they start to play this song right here? You can't count that out there. You can't count that. One of my eight. Put eight on the line. Let's go, Titans. Put the money in the house, baby. Let's go, Todd. Put that on your books. <laughs> so, so, so Let's I, go. So, I, if you play that song in the fourth quarter, it's worth like three, three hey, and a half. I'm telling you, so man, that changed the game. You, right know that you know what, Brent? Maybe Slay can talk to some of those folks that you guys know so well with the Titans. And while the Steelers have gravitated towards using Renegade when it gets to between that third and fourth quarter and to use that to rally the crowd, maybe Slay will have the war cry for Titans fans going forward. I'm and that it. can kind of be to Tennessee Titans football what Gloria was to the St. Louis Blues and probable state. Stanley Cup run a few years ago. There it is. Right. There so, it is. so if Slay performs under the Jumbotron, Titans by a hundred. No, <laughs> get, get, get out there, Slay. I can see you in a Kurt Warner puffy coat style and the bright Ooh. silver, you know, waving your hands around like you just don't care, trying to rile up all those Titans fans hungry for an AFC championship oh, in their own building. Hey, man, I'm talking about, man, they can toss me into Cumberland after the game. I ain't tripping. <laughs> it's on, baby. Which, you know a... what? Honestly, Brett, I would pay to see that. So if that's yes. going to happen, please make sure somebody gets good video footage to see Slay swimming around in a freezing river in the wake of a Titans victory. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that would not last long in the Cumberland, that's for sure. Uh, by the way, uh, 3HL crew coming at you for that JV uh, comment about Saturday's game. Oh, I figure. Come on. You know, even if I'm going to say things that are complimentary about the Titans, and I will be rooting for them this weekend, I'm going to do some things that are going to find an ability to endear myself to that fan base and get them pissed off one way or another. They'd be disappointed if I didn't live up to the reputation that's preceded me over the previous they 10 will. years. Yeah, check out the Bed the Board podcast. You need to subscribe. It's awesome. Uh, also, at Todd Furman on Twitter. Uh, there you go, Todd. Thanks. You got it. It was a pleasure. And Brent, hey, speaking of which, hopefully you were able to cash not only that first half wonder, I know you were exploring in Rams-Cardinals, but about as rocking chair a game as we can get with that Arizona Cardinals team total under on Monday. So we yeah. like bets that are easy to cash without much of a sweat. I am a Bet the Board podcast fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I roll Let with it too, time. baby. I roll with it too. Todd. All right. Uh, hey, Todd Furman really and Payne inside. Weekend, right, Thank buddy. you. Appreciate it. There he is, Todd Furman. JV game. So let me speak Todd for you real quick. When Todd Furman says, I'm rooting for the Titans this weekend, that means his money is on the Titans yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got no emotion at all involved in any of this. At all. Unlike us. We'll be right back to each other. 104.5 The Zone. <laughs> Sorry, tell 104.5 to sell. Brent Doherty, Ron Slade, Don Davenport has a day off. Hey, Joe Hunt yeah. predicting Tennessee survived in Memorial Gym last night, 68 to 60. Man, people. I texted Slade. Tennessee needs like an 8-2 run here. And nope. then they close with an 8 nothing run. 
Big time. Which was close. 49 fouls, 35 turnovers, combined 13 of 49 from three-point range. But Tennessee won nine in a row against Vandy. And a lot of those a lot of those turnovers were by, were by the point guards, man. So, like, handling the ball, getting too deep, being indecisive, and bouncing. And then the bigs not catching it, too. So, on both sides of the ball. But Tennessee pulled it out. Thank you, Vandy. Tennessee basketball threw out an absolute savage tweet. I saw that. I didn't even want to mess around with it. <laughs> well, you so know, savage. it came from Vanderbilt's tweet. They did do that. Yep, in football, Vanderbilt, they so did. Yep, that's why oh, they did it. was a rebuttal. It. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I ain't going to mess with that. But okay, so Vandy fans were upset about this, but it, it's because of the Vandy tweet, I would imagine. Now it all makes sense. Where they said that they owned Nashville or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, don't yeah. Men's basketball wins versus SEC opponents in Nashville the last four years. Tennessee seven, Vanderbilt five. You might also recall we play our home games in Knoxville. That was a tweet. Yeah, that that's savage. <laughs> I'm here for do. it. That's what sports are. Have fun, man. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm loving it. Talk trash. Loving it. So, Hunk sends a text and says, Lisa in Brentwood wants to punch Todd in the face. Oh, Lisa, man. what's up? Hello, gentlemen. I want to say, I know you work with Mr. Furman, so you can't <laughs> say what you need to, but I don't, and I can. And let me just say, I hope his car doesn't have a rip so they can either for me to punch him in the face. <laughs> uh, Lord. I, I thought I'd get a hit on the music. Huh? What's going on? I mean, dude, <laughs> just use the key. Yeah, 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 Justin, at least I was laughing too hard to hit the button. That's totally on me. <laughs> you can't slip like that now. Ms. Lisa well, was ready. To, to, to Todd's point, he said he wants the Titans to win, which in my mind, when a Vegas guy involved in sports gambling says that, it's clear what's going on there. Yeah, but he's going to start the pot. But he said also. that that game was the JV game and the varsity game was the Buffalo-Kansas City game, which goes right in line with the whole national thing. Yep, that's it. We'll that's what, that's, what, right. they, that's what they think about you. NFL Live went an entire hour just a minute ago without even mentioning the Titans. Did number one seed. Number one. Now that, that's that's bogus, man. That that is bogus. Like they talk, they would rather talk about teams that's been put out than actually talk about the <laughs> yeah, team. Yeah, they spent the first fifteen minutes talking about the Cowboys. See what I'm saying? Cowboys. That's well, crazy. I mean. How many Cowboys fans are there in this country? How many Titan fans are there in this country? I know one. Big Tank Stewart. And you got to eat it, sir. 
Devin Stewart, y'all text him. Let him know. Y'all, got, you gotta eat it, Cowboys fan. Cowboys garbage. G Money next up on Three HL. G Money, what's up, man? What it do? Look here, man. I, I I was texting with Austin Huff, and I I warned him. I said, listen, man, your connection was garbage. This better be good, and man. I'm thinking we finna get some straight gas pedals, some straight 93 octane. This man brought the enthusiasm of a goddamn chairlift going up the steps, man. Listen here, bro. Your rant was dumpster juice. It wasn't even, bro, you just the juice left at the bottom of the dumpster, man. Hey, man, listen here, man. You can't put out the Derrick Henry video that's straight fire, and then you come over here and get us hyped to knit a sweater. Bro, you give step talks to the people down at the DMV station to move slower. Bro, don't, listen, don't call in the 3HL no more and give no sad song like this no more, Austin. Because I know you listen because you hit me up on Twitter. So I'm warning you right now. I'm going to hold you accountable every time, bro, okay? You got to do better, Austin. Huff. Now, I followed you on Twitter. Now, don't make me unfollow you. You understand what I'm saying? This car ain't got no roof. All right? I ain't got no roof. Now, I'm being civil. Hey, hey, G Money. G Money. There's a guy on Twitter named AJ that said he's tired of the car he got no roof thing, that his dog goes under the coffee table, and that he's going to follow him. What? I saw that. Listen, AJ, you know what you can do? You can go play in traffic. That's what you can do. The car in the room is here to stay. Now, you can get up under the table with your dog. You probably got one of them little house shoe dogs, one of them one of them hot shoes, you know, like a little furry house shoe, and you probably super swole. That don't go together, bro. I'm mean, leaving you get a pit bull, and the pit bull don't hide under the table, okay? Don't do that. Hey, good to talk to y'all, boys, and I'm a holler job. Man, way to bring it, G. G That's it. I love it. There we go. Oh, man. 3HL crew member on 3HL crew member. Hey, man. Prime right there. Hey, man. People on on deck, man. You got to come with it, man. What does J. Mark Ramon say? Choose violence. Choose violence. That was violence. The funny thing about Austin was, like, every message was either I loved it or I hated it. Yeah. It was a rough day. (laughs) Or a great day. August, yeah. Depending on which which messages you read. (laughs) All right. uh, Five o'clock hour coming up. Stay tuned, people. Here we go.